Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Hey, Amen. Glory to God. Good to be here today. Today we are talking about how to be saved. What a great day it is at the KJV Cafe to talk about God's most top priority for those living on this earth today. It's how to be saved. And if you're not saved, I'm going to tell you today how to be saved. And if you are saved, maybe I can help you to understand how to communicate this to others more clearly. We're going to go for a walk down Romans Road today, starting in Romans 3, going all the way to Romans 8, selected verses about how to be saved. And I'd like to start by saying God wants all to be saved. God desires everyone to be saved. Nobody is too good to be saved. Uh, The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags, like dirty gauze pads, old bandages. That's what God thinks of our righteousness. They're just disgusting to him because our righteousness without him is not righteous at all. And we all have fallen short. And so we all need to be saved. And nobody is too bad that they can't be saved. Imagine somebody on death row for doing a heinous crime. God is more than willing to save that person. God is a God of his word. The Bible says there's no turning or, or variableness with God. Amen. He is a God of his word and he tells us he desires all to be saved. He desires all to be saved and those can be saved. And we saw that example with the thief on the cross uh, that he asked the Lord to remember him. The Lord said, today you'll be with me on paradise. The thief on the cross was not some great theologian, was not some great charitable person. He was a thief on the cross, amen, and he was saved. And so we see all can be saved. So let's start here with Romans 3.23 for the reason that we need to be saved. And that's Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, Romans 3.23 tells us that we have a sin problem and that it is hereditary to everyone living today. Uh, So it's passed down from generation to generation. It started in the Garden of Eden. Yes, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. What did they do? They ate that forbidden fruit. They sinned, amen? And that sin nature, uh, when that sin entered the picture... Uh, and when they were cast out of the garden, that that curse fell upon all of mankind, amen? And now we all have a sin nature. That means that, um, as Brother Les Feldick says, we, we don't sin because uh, we are making a mistake. We sin because we're sinners. And the idea is that's just our nature, amen? Uh, an athlete, someone that's got great athletic gifts, they may run because they're an athlete. They're not running because they just love to run. God just made them an athlete, right? Uh, you know, somebody that loves to communicate, you know, we don't just communicate because it's an idea that we have. God gave us that gift to communicate. Well, guess what? The Lord has, uh, in his wisdom, let us know that all have sinned, that we're all sinners, that we all have a sin nature. That's Romans 3.23. And Romans 6, 23 tells us the consequences for the wages of sin is death. Hmm. The wages of sin is death. 
So if we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death, then we're all headed for hell if we're not saved. And that is the simplicity of the gospel. Everybody is a sinner and everybody is on their way to hell if they're not saved. But Romans 6.23 doesn't stop with for the wages of sin is death, but it continues. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we see we're given a gift and the gift is from God and it's by God because we know that God is in three parts, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we that's called the Godhead, right? The fullness of God. And we see that God, the Father, sent God, the Son, so that uh, we could accept what Christ did on the cross for our sins and be saved, amen, and get that Holy Spirit living within us. So, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the latter part of Romans 6, 23. So we understand first, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We then understand the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just as Romans 6, 23 points out in the same sentence, like in the same sentence, it points out the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As quickly as Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God gave us a way to be saved. Amen. I believe it just like that. God knew what was going to happen before the earth was even formed. In fact, uh, I believe it's in, in John 1, explains that Jesus was there as the earth was formed. And, and uh, by him, everything is made. And without him, nothing is made. And so we understand that Jesus was with God and Jesus is God. And we understand that Jesus is our way to salvation. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we first see that we all have a sin problem. We next see that the consequences of that sin is death. And now we're seeing that God gave us a way out. He commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we had this sin problem and many uh, of the lost, all the lost still have this sin problem that they cannot get resolved. They cannot get reconciled to God until what? Until Christ they realize that Christ died for them, that Christ died for you. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And how, how do we uh, get saved? Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, look at this. So now Romans 10, 9 tells us what we need to do to be saved how we can be saved. We must believe, we must confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead. And that is a very deep thing because it sounds simple. Say, okay, um, I believe in a mountain called uh, Strawberry over there in Peru. And I've never been to Strawberry Mountain, but I believe in it, right? Well, I could just say that and not believe it in my heart. Or I could say it and sort of believe it, but don't really care, right? I could say it because everyone else is saying it, right? I know it's a silly example, but think of this. We have to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. What do we need to believe? That God hath raised him from the dead. And so Romans 10, 9 tells us that God himself did something on that third and miraculous day here. Uh, after uh, Jesus Christ had been crucified uh, on the cross on Mount Calvary, that God himself raised Jesus from the dead. And that resurrection, that glorious resurrection, is proof in the fact that Jesus Christ is the Christ, is the Messiah, is the one that paid the price for our sin debt on the cross. And he did that by saying they have a sin problem that they cannot resolve. 
I'll go in their place because I'm God, I'm perfect, and I'm sinless. So we understand that Jesus Christ from the beginning was born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life, walked the earth 33 years, and was crucified on the cross, not for anything he deserved. He was obedient to the Father. He went to the cross. I've heard it explained like this. We had sinful shoes. He had clean shoes. He put on our sinful shoes and walked in those sinful shoes, dying on the cross for us. And we then put on his clean shoes. The Bible would describe it with a robe, right? We had these dirty robes stained in sin. And his is a white robe. And when we, he takes on our robe of sin and dies on the cross, uh, and then we get the white robe. But when we're now free from that sin, we're no longer under that sin debt. Another way it's described is the cup, the cup, uh, drinking of the cup of iniquity. Well, that cup was not Christ's. I mean, it wasn't his by his own doing. It wasn't his nature to sin. He's God. Sin is an abomination to him. He's God in the flesh. He's God's only begotten son. So when he died on the cross, he was doing it for us. He was drinking the cup that we were to drink, and he was taking that in. He was bearing the sin, past, present, and future of all mankind on the cross. And when we believe that Jesus did that, and that he was buried three days, and that he rose from the grave on that third and miraculous day, when we believe that he did that, right? We believe truly in our heart of hearts when we say, yes, this is true history. Yes, I believe Jesus did that. Yes, I believe God is real. And in in conjunction with the idea of understanding that I'm a sinner, understanding the wages of sin is death, understanding the gift of God is eternal life only by Christ Jesus our Lord, understanding that God loves us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, understanding these things. So it's easy to say Jesus died for that person because that person's bad. It's much harder to say Jesus died for me because I need a Savior. But we have to get to that point. We have to realize our need. And that's so difficult here today. Maybe someone's listening and they say, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm saved. You know, hey, I, I went down and walked down the aisle, accepted the Lord at a young age, or I was baptized as a child, or whatever it is. You may think, yeah, I'm, I'm probably saved. But l- let me ask you this. Do you believe that you have a sin nature that you can't resolve on your own? Do you believe that Christ really was on the cross at Calvary and really died and really was risen from the grave three days later and really walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Do you believe it in your heart of hearts? Only God knows. We don't know. I can't say one way or another, but God knows the truth. Amen. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans 10, 9. So if we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, will be saved. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever. God gave us the scripture in Romans 10, 13 to let us know that there is no exclusivity around being saved and that all we do is call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. And that is something we do within. That is something we believe. Amen. We call upon the name of the Lord by believing and we're saved. You don't have to have any money. You don't have to have any kind of pedigree. You don't have to have any kind of church membership. You don't have to have any kind of religious token or idol or thing. You don't have to have anything other than believing, you know, and that's the beauty of the gospel. It's for everyone. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And many preachers could preach a long message on why those won't call upon the name of the Lord. And I want you to think about that today. Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
What does it mean to be condemned? Uh, you know, that's not a good thing to be condemned. Condemnation is really bad. Condemnation is for the lost person. Condemnation is what sends the lost person to hell. But when you're saved, amen, Romans 8, 1 tells us there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. We are not under uh, 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 the law anymore. We don't have to work for salvation. We don't have to live a certain way to be saved. We are saved. God is a God of his word, as I mentioned in the intro. We are saved and secure. On KJV Cafe, we believe in eternal security. Once saved, always saved. Christ went to the cross one time for all humanity forever. And when we believe on Christ, we're saved. And then and everything else, that's just great. When we live for the Lord, we serve the Lord, we're given heavenly rewards. We have fellowship with him. We have peace with him. Life is good. Amen. It's, it's not always easy, but it's good to live for God. Amen. And and we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and uh, we have rewards waiting for us in heaven. But salvation comes simply by believing. That's what my Bible tells me. Romans 8, 38 through 39. This is the last part of Romans Road here. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Very plainly put, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from what Christ did on the cross. No matter what happens before or after we accept Christ as Savior, nothing will change our decision for him. Amen. If we are thrown in jail, they can't take Christ out of you, just like they can't take the Holy Spirit out of you, just like they can't do anything to God that he wouldn't allow them to do. And so we realize that we are now gods. We are children of God. We are born again when we accept Christ as Savior, when we get saved. And that is Romans Road. And I compel you today to accept Christ as Savior. Go through this. If you have to, listen to it again. Look it up online. I'll get it online for you. Make sure you understand that this is how you're saved. There is no other way to be saved but by Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us he is the only way to the Father, and this is the way to be saved, to believe on him. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 is another good passage of Scripture that tells us the gospel. So be saved today. Share this with others. Share the message with others. And I thank you so much for listening. We love the Lord here today. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.